How about opening up your Bibles with me this morning to the book of John, chapter 4? I'm not going to hold you long today because we're going to break bread in a little while. But, uh, John chapter 4 this morning, and we're going to look at, um, long story here. We're going to talk about the woman at the well. This woman met the Messiah. John chapter 4. Let's look at uh, we'll just start in verse 1 see where we get where we go. Holy Spirit lead us and guide us into all truth today. Without you we can do absolutely nothing. John chapter 4 verse 1 goes like this. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, <clears throat> verse 2, though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. Remember this verse. Verse 4. But he needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go through Samaria. Verse 5. So he came to the city of Samaria, which is called Shekar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, it was about the sixth hour. The sixth hour represents 12 noon in time. Verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, asked a drink from me, a, Samaria, a Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Verse 10. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, he would have given you living water. Verse 11. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Verse 12. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I might not thirst 
nor come here to draw. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. Jesus said to her, Wait a minute. Go call your husband to come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. Verse 18. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Verse 21. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. Verse 23. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Verse 24. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Verse 26. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Let's continue. Verse 27. And at this point his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman and yet no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? Verse 28. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out to the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. Verse 32. But he said to them, I have food to eat, of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Verse 34. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, There are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. He who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Verse 37. For in this the saying is true, 
One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored. And you have entered into their labors. Follow along with me in verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him. Because of the word of the woman who testified. This morning I'm going to talk to you about how important it is for you to testify. Let me read verse 39 one more time. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the anointed one, the Savior of the world. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for your help. Hallelujah. So back in John chapter 4, Verse 4, it says he needed to go through Samaria. You know, he was headed to Galilee. But he took a side road because he said, I got business to do in Samaria. I must go to Samaria. You know, Jesus would go out of his way to find you. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Jesus will hunt you down. You can run, but you can never hide from Jesus. He knows right where you are. And he knew about this lady. And he said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a side road and I'm going to go through Samaria. I must go through Samaria. Jesus knew he was going to the well. He knew this woman was coming to the well. When he got there, praise God, there she is, there he is. And Jesus began to speak with her and tell her, you know, if you'll drink from me, I, have, I am, I am the, the fountain of living water. I'll give you water and you'll never be thirsty ever again. And she said, where is this water? You don't even got a water pot. How are you going to draw such water? And Jesus said, the water is in me. Amen? Amen. So he continued to minister and talk to this woman. We, they, they spoke about worship. And, and you know, she, she had got sidetracked in life. And she, she, the Bible said, Jesus told them that the Samaritan didn't even know what they were worshiping. He said, my fathers worship here on this mountain and the Jews worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus said, the day is coming and the hour is here when people won't even worship on the mountain and, it ain't, and you don't even have to worship in Jerusalem. He said, because my father wants you to worship him in spirit and in truth. How many of you know that you can worship the Lord anywhere you are now in spirit and in truth? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You don't have to go to a certain mountain Thank God that we ain't got to fly, fly over to Samaria on Sunday morning to worship God. Right. Thank God that we ain't got to go to Jerusalem every Sunday morning to worship God. Amen. Hallelujah. We can worship God in our living room. We can worship and praise God in our bedroom. We can worship God in the secret place. Or we can come down to the local assembly, assembly and find us a church where God's people are gathered together and worship there. 
And it is beautiful for God's people to come together and to worship the Messiah, the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen I said it's a beautiful thing to get dressed on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. And get your family up out of the bed and bring them little ones down to the church house so they can see everybody corporately worshiping the Lord. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. It's always good to get around a bunch of folks that love to worship God. Amen. amen. I wouldn't even go to a church that didn't believe in worshiping God. I don't want to go to a silent church. Right. I want to go to a church that knows something about getting loud. Getting getting loud enough so that, hallelujah, Jesus can hear you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I, I believe in, in holiness. I believe in being holy. I believe in being sacred. But I believe there's a time for God's people to lift their hand, hallelujah, move their feet, and begin to give God the glory that, that, that is due His holy name. Amen. 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 I don't believe it's time to hold back. I believe it's to get all the way in. Amen. Amen. This woman came and Jesus said to her, he began to uh, uh, ask her some personal questions. How many of y'all know sometimes you don't like to be asked personal questions? We began to, you know, sometimes we don't want to pry into people's business. Jesus asked her a question and he said, uh, Go, go call your husband and tell him to come here. Now let me ask, tell you something. If Jesus ever asks you a question, it ain't because he don't know the answer. So the best thing to do is to always be honest with him. Amen? Because honesty will get you a long way with Jesus. But if you hide things, he can't help you. But if you'll be truthful and you'll bring everything to the light where it can't be hidden, when you bring anything in the darkness to the light, the light exposes it and it ain't got nowhere to hide. And the truth is exposed. And whenever you get them with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you always have to be honest. You always have to be upright. You always have to tell Him the truth. Whenever you repent of your sins, it's so easy to repent because He already knows what you've done anyhow. He just wants to know if you'll get honest with me. If you'll tell me what you did. And you'll ask me for forgiveness of it. He said, I'll wash it all away with my precious blood if you'll just tell me what you did. But if you try to hold it back and try to be holy before, uh, before a holy God, He knows everything about you. He knows your comings, your goings. When you lie down at night, David said, if I make my bed in hell, he's even in there too. Amen. Tell you there ain't nowhere to hide from the Lord. He knows everything. So, he said, go call your husband. And she said, I don't have a husband. Wow, I am so thankful she got on it with God and with Jesus. When she said, I have no husband, Jesus came back with a profound word of knowledge. This is one of the gifts of the Spirit. The word of knowledge deals with things in the, your past and your current. And he came with a word of knowledge. And he said, you have rightly said so, that you have no husband. But, the truth is, you've had five. And the one that you're living with now, he ain't even your husband. So listen, this 
woman, I believe, was trying to find love in life. I believe she was trying to do what's right in life. You know, it's easy not to go the marriage route. Today, it's got kind of common not to get married, just to stay together, whatever. But Jesus looked at this woman and said, you have tried to do things right. Every relationship you got in, you went down to the priest and you got married. You got a certificate to be married. And also, every time you got a divorce, you got a certificate to get divorced. And you've been through five of them. Five broken marriages. I'm telling you, that will hurt your heart. Do you hear me? Amen. Going through broken relationships tears your heart apart. Sometimes when you're going through multiple relationships, you'll leave your heart in all kinds of places. A little bit of you has been left here, left a little, little, little there. And if you ain't careful, you'll bring that relationship of the past into the future relationship. And it won't work there either. But this precious woman, I want you to know, Jesus knew everything about her, but yet didn't point one finger at her. He didn't make her feel bad. He didn't condemn her. He didn't push her down. He didn't put no guilt trip on her. He said, I know you've told me the truth. You've had five husbands. And the one that you're with now, he's not your husband. I believe this woman's heart had been trampled on. I believe it had been torn apart. I believe she was broken from within. I think she had plenty of scars in life that she was trying to overcome. And Jesus went out of his way, on the way to uh, Judea, he went by Samaria to show this woman the love of God, Amen. the love of Jesus Christ. The Savior of the world stopped by out of his busy schedule to talk to one woman that had been through hell on earth. Amen. Ain't that something? I want you to know if you've been through hell on earth, Jesus still loves you. Amen. Maybe you didn't do everything right by the book. I want you to know he ain't going to throw the book at you. Right. He's still going to come to you. He's still going to love you. He's still going to give you mercy. He's still going to give you grace. And his blood's still there to wash away your past. Amen. Don't give, he don't give up on them. He made such an impact on this woman's life that was probably depressed, disappointed, hopeless, and wondered if she ever going to find true love. She found it, not in another husband, but she found it in hiding her life with Christ Jesus. You know, the Bible says she left her water pot. Hallelujah. And she went back to her hometown. I want you to know she left her water pot for the well. And that well is Jesus Christ. She left that water pot. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because all it can offer was one day's help. But Jesus said if you'll drink of this water, you'll never be thirsty again. So she took him up on it. And she said, I perceive you are a prophet. You have done read my mail. Don't nobody else in this whole city know I've been married five times. How many y'all know if you've been married five times, it ain't something you go around telling that body? It ain't something you want to publish on the front front page of the newspaper. People don't likely think highly of you. But I want you to know Jesus loved her. Yes, he did. And still tried to lift her up. Yes. And he did lift her up. Amen. Yes. But the thing that makes me that makes me love Jesus so much is 
He didn't point fingers at her. He didn't say, you sorry, no good for nothing thing. You've been through five husbands. You sorry thing, you. You must can't cook a lick. <laughs> but he just loved her. And that love and that presence of the Lord had to be so real to her. She said, I have found the Messiah. And she went back. She left her water pot for the well. And she went back to where she came from, that city. And she went back in there and she just didn't carry on her ordinary life. She started testifying. She started telling somebody else about a man that told me everything that I've ever done from the day I was born until now. He knows everything. You ought to come and listen to him. You ought to come, come sit at his feet. You ought to be in his presence. I'm telling you, there's something about this guy. He's different than anybody I've ever met before. And she goes back and tells the whole city, testifying, testifying, testifying. I want you to know, testimony goes a long way in life. God ain't looking for new preachers, y'all. They stand behind the pulpit. Listen, they come a dime a dozen. Amen. I'll tell you, you can find them on TV, you can find them on the radio. Some of them make you real good money and all this, that, and other. But what God needs, he needs people in the pews that will begin to testify about what Jesus had done in their life. They know that. Amen. That is your sermon. That is your life story. That is your relationship with Jesus. And if you go and tell others, I'm telling you, and if you tell it right with, with passion and with great desire and fire, I'm telling you, they'll say, I want to come see this for myself. She brought the whole town to Jesus. They came and they listened to him. And after they found out and heard from him from the, the source himself, from the king himself, they said, we don't believe just because of what you told us. But we know for ourselves because we have heard him. We have been in his presence. We know he is the Christ. And the whole city got converted from one woman that had been married five times and living with another guy. Her testimony brought a whole city to Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm telling you, that's powerful. If we were just testifying. Out in the highways, in the byways, out in the in the in the in on Bourbon Street, wherever you find sinners, if you'll testify and tell them what Jesus has done for you, you'll be surprised how many you can bring into the kingdom of God with you whenever you get ready to go into the kingdom. Amen. I don't know about you, but I want to take somebody with me. Yes. Do y'all want to take somebody with you? Yeah, right. Hallelujah. It's good to be saved, but hallelujah. When I go through the gate, I want to go through with a lot more folks. Amen. I want to take some drunkards with me. I want to take some prostitutes with me. I want to take some uh, uh, tax collectors with me. I want to take the liars with me. I want to take whosoever will. I want to help take them through the, key, through the door of heaven with me when I go. Amen. Amen. I don't want Jesus looking at me funny saying, Man, you mean you you mean you got you've been saved for uh, I've been saved I think for 32 years now. I got saved February the 8th, 1992. In my and, and Sophie led me to the Lord. 
one night when I was three sheets in the wind. Anybody in here know what three sheets in the wind is? Some of y'all that's old timers know what three sheets in the wind. That means you were drinking. And not only drinking, you were there. You had already passed uh, cloud seven. And you was, you were getting on it. And I tell you, the Lord came into my living room one night, that night, February the 8th, 1992. I had been running from the Lord. I had been shucking and jiving and running. And I had been prophesied when I was a young boy going to church at an old country church. I had been prophesied. The preacher said, you're going to be a preacher one day, little man. I'm like, you know, you know, I'm, as a little boy, you don't know how to take that. You don't. Okay, okay. But you know, my life took a, a wild detour in life. As a young boy, I probably started drinking when I was 12 years old. I drank them Pony Budweiser's at 12 years old. And I'd get dropped off on Friday evening and, and, Sunday, and Saturday, and I'd drink with another fella, and he wasn't but about 14 or 15, but all we did was drink, drink. When I first started drinking beer, it was the it was the most terrible thing I'd ever tasted of in my life. But kept drinking till I liked it, and then I got into other drugs. Anyhow, my life took a long, wild detour, long way from being a preacher boy. And uh, people in my hometown still look at me and say, "I can't believe that boy say." But that's the transformation power of Jesus Christ, of saving folks. But I have been able to lead a lot of people back in my hometown to the Lord because I went back and I testified about what the Lord had done for me. Amen. I just want to encourage you this morning. Your testimony is powerful. It's powerful. And not only is your testimony your words, but your life that you live. Sometimes we can preach without saying words. We can just live it. We can just do it right. And people are looking, observing, listening, and want to know this Jesus of yours. So this morning, uh, after 32 years of uh, serving the Lord, and uh, this born-again experience has been a wonderful thing. But I was three sheets in the wind when I asked Sophie to lead me to the Lord. And she did. And I meant it. And I made a commitment to the Lord that day that I, even though if I ever stumbled, and believe me, preachers stumble. Preachers stumble. They ain't perfect. They, they still got a, they still have the, the temptations that you have. This world that we live in, it ain't easy to live holy. And it ain't easy to do right. But I made a commitment to the Lord. Lord, if I stumble and I fall, I'm going to continue to follow you. I'm going to get up and I'm going to brush myself off and I'm going to run back to you every time. Amen. And I've been doing that for 32 years. Just keep running back to him. That woman at the well, though she was broken, my life was broken. <clears throat> you may be sitting here this morning, you wasn't born with a, uh, a golden plate, a golden spoon. Life ain't been easy on some of you in here. I know some of you. But because of Jesus, he takes people like us. He loves people like us. 
He don't give up on people like us. If you come to this church, you don't come to this church because you came to a fancy building. If you was looking for a building, you wouldn't have came here. But if you're looking for a relationship with Jesus, you can, you can find him here. You can find him here. And you'll find the love of God here. And you'll find Jesus, the Messiah, in this place. He walks among us very regularly. He's with us. We are his children. He takes the lowly things of the world and the base things of the world to confound the wise. People might give up on you, but I'm going to tell you, the people in Samaria probably gave up on the woman at the well. That's probably why she was at the well by herself. She was probably lonely. But she was still looking for love. And she found the one true love that would satisfy her, not physically, but spiritually. The living water, Jesus Christ, gave her what nobody else could ever give her. You can run, you can look all over the world to try to find water that will fill you. But you'll never be filled unless you find Jesus Christ. That'll work for every drug addict, every alcohol, guy addicted to alcohol, everyone that's going through a broken relationship and just continues to cycle. I know people today that's like the woman at the well. They just continue the cycle. They keep going through them, boy. Just keep going through them. But I tell you what, once you find Jesus Christ, he'll help you find the true love that you've been looking for. Hallelujah. Most likely won't be a man. But the man, Jesus Christ, he's faithful, he's true, and he's consistent with his love. And he's got plenty of it to go around. Who this morning, I'd like to hear from a couple of people. It's got to be not too long. But if you'd like to testify, some of the people in the church might, might like to hear Before you do, I'd like to speak to those that have been listening to us by media. It's been our honor to come in your living room or wherever you're watching this. We love you. We want you to understand that no matter how broken you are, no matter how hurt you are, how many scars you have upon your heart that's been inflicted upon you by others, you were just trying to find love. I want you to know Jesus Christ is the one that you're looking for. He's the answer. And if you'll call upon him, He'll come, and He'll give you water, and you'll never thirst again. If you'll believe that He died on the cross and rose from the dead, hallelujah, He'll come and live inside of your heart. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll wash your past away, and you can begin a brand new life in Christ Jesus. He's the best thing going. He's the real thing. Jesus is the Messiah. Call upon Him. Get blood washed, and He'll give you a life that's worth living. God bless you. Thank you for for listening today.